This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Monday, June 21st, wherever and however you're connected Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who has waited a long time for his next opportunity at a BYU Fan Fest, and he's going to get it this fall, Jerem Jordan. It's BYU Fan Fest every time I go home. But uh, in Las Vegas, September 3rd, we'll be at Craig Ranch Regional Park. I know you love to hang out there. Craig Ranch. 6 to 8 Pacific time. We'll do a live show on, uh, it's called BYU Sports Nation. It happens to be the same program here that we're doing right now. From 6 to 7 Pacific time on game day eve, baby. We are going to be there in person hanging out post-pandemic. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) And BYU and Arizona will happen the the next day. At that point, that night, well, earlier that day and that night, we're going to be saying one day away. But right now we say what? Countdown to the Wildcats. 75. Okay, nice. 75 days away. That's a nice, solid number. Okay, I'm, I'm into it now, okay? Sub-hundy, I'm like, all right. 75, I'm like, mm, two and a half months? 75 days. We are go. under 11 weeks. 10 weeks? Which means your 10 well, and 10's coming up too, Jerem. Wednesday, 10 and 10 begins. Let's go, man. And later this week, something else we're going to do. Each week leading up to the season, which I think is pretty cool that we have yet to do in the eight years of the show. That's a tease. Ooh, Here's your show lineup and a teaser for today. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on how BYU football fits right now into the proposed 12-team college football playoff. Would Mr. Maddich have the Cougars join a group of five conference or stay independent? Have you seen the new locker room digs for BYU football? You're about to on this show. Plus, a former Cougar is one series away from the NBA Finals. And the Supreme Court drops the hammer on the NCAA this morning, which leads us into today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. This morning, the United States Supreme Court ruled 9-0 against the NCAA in an appeal of the NCAA versus Austin. The NCAA wanted this. Okay. (laughs) The ruling, essentially... uh, the NCA limits on education-related benefits that colleges can offer athletes cannot be enforced. Justice Kavanaugh wrote, quote, The NCA's business model would be flatly illegal in almost any other industry in America. All of the restaurants in a region cannot come together to cut cooks' wages on the theory that customers prefer to eat food from low-paid cooks. This is so good. Wow. Law firms cannot conspire to cabin lawyers' salaries in the name of providing legal services out of a love of the law. Hospitals cannot agree to cap nurses' income in order to create a purer form of helping the sick, end quote. (laughs) Oh, I love this. What this means, we don't know exactly, but the conversation is going to actually heat up now, legally, about paying students, student-athletes. This is not NIL, by the way. Yeah, not just name, image, likeness. This is straight, like, you're employing them for free. Now, there's the discussion of, well, it's not free, they're giving them a scholarship, blah, blah, blah. But the actual money paid... I'm interested to see where this goes. We'll talk to Trevor Maddich about this. Maybe it becomes a part-time job on top of the scholarship. So there's just additional income coming in for every athlete that's on scholarship. We'll see what happens. They technically have 20 hours a week, so it's like a part-time job. But but it's really like full-time. You think it's going to get complicated over the next few months? (laughs) 
years, probably. <laughs> on to some NBA news. Elijah Bryant and the Milwaukee Bucks take down Kevin Durant, James Harden, and the Brooklyn Nets in overtime. An instant classic in Game 7 of those Eastern Conference semifinals. Eli Bryant leaves Israel, and I know he's on the bench, but he's one series away from the NBA Finals, and they'll take on the Atlanta Hawks, who upset the number one seed Philadelphia 76ers. Bryant, by the way, played 22 total minutes and scored six points in that series, which honestly is more time than I thought he would see in an Eastern Conference semifinal series. I'm pretty sure Elijah Bryant would play way better than Ben Simmons, just throwing it out there. Or shoot it when he's open for a layup under the hoop? Yeah. West Coast Conference announces the men's basketball matchups. Remember, the league plays 16, not 18 regular season West Coast Conference games due to Gonzaga's will to bump up the schedule, right, and, and get a better seed line. So everyone plays two opponents uh, once, not twice. BYU plays San Diego at home, not on the road. Santa Clara on the road, not at home. Wow. BYU will always play Gonzaga and St. Mary's twice. As they should. They, because they, As want, they, should. they want the, the best schedule possible for those teams. Okay, stay with me on this. A handful of Oh, I forgot something. Okay, go ahead. Good luck to Gideon George trying out for the Nigerian Olympic national team. All right, Gideon. Good luck to Gideon. Let's go. All right, stay with me on this. A number of track and field stars at BYU making waves as they pursue the Olympics. Courtney Wayman met the Olympic standard time and ran a personal best as she qualified for the finals in the 3,000-meter steeplechase at the U.S. Olympic trials. Connor Mance... Ran a great race in the 10,000 meters, finished fifth, just falling short of qualifying for the Olympic team. He will have another chance in the 5,000 meters starting on Thursday. We continue. Whitney Orton and Anna Camp Bennett, who is a national champion, both fall short in the semifinals of the 1,500 meters, placing 14th and 16th, respectively. This is in the entire United States, by the way. Zach McWhorter missed out on qualifying to the finals in the pole vault. He took 19th. Garrett Marsing will begin his Olympic journey in the first round of the steeplechase tonight. Tight end Hank Tuipulotu retires from football after multiple knee injuries. He missed 2018 and 19, and he played 11 snaps in 2020. Good luck to Hank as he moves forward. Obviously, disappointed we didn't get to see him play more, yeah. but uh, decisions have Peter, to be made. Peter's kid. Team USA and Taylor Sander beat the Netherlands in volleyball, three sets to two in the Volleyball Nations League. Sander ended the match with a game-winning ace. He tends to do that. His fourth ace of the match. Former BYU women's rugby player Jordan, Jordan Mattias, formerly Jordan Gray, uh, made the U.S. Olympic rugby sevens roster. This will be Mattias' second major competition. She played in the 2017 Women's World Cup, which has been also rescheduled for next year, by the way, the next one. How about the Gray family? Alexa and Pretty Jordan. Awesome. Some serious skills in that family. Hey, hey Mattias playing for the U.S. in rugby, though, not Canada. Pretty cool. U.S. better. <laughs> On to Cougars and the Miners. Michael Rucker, former Batcat, had a couple of strikeouts in two and two-thirds innings pitch with the AAA Iowa Cubs. Maybe he's the next guy to make the jump to the majors. Colton Shaver, one for three with three runs batted in for the Sugarland Skeeters. And Daniel Steeman hit a double for the single-A Lake County Captains. BYU announces it will cut ties with the extramural hockey team following the 2021-22 season. BYU hockey was recognized as an extramural sport in 2008 and last won a conference championship in 2019. Uh, This is a massive bummer for the program because the ACHA, the league they play in, requires that you be connected officially with the university. So what this means is essentially the Ice Cats can't do their thing 
in the ACHA, they'd have to figure something out. So it might be the end of the program. This is a massive bummer. Yeah, it's, that's a tough decision for sure. And we had some fun with the hockey team on this show. Oh, yeah. I, I called three hockey games back in uh, 09 and 10. It was very fun. All right. We wait and see what happens there. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Let's open up this conversation by revisiting what happened on Media Day last Thursday with Athletic Director Tom Homo. He opened up his conversation about the future of BYU football, saying that the Cougars are looking to improve the strength of the program wherever that may be. I think it's, it has to do with the individual conferences and their TV contracts. Mm. So you have P5 schools or autonomy schools or conferences that they have individual. They're not all lined up in the same year. So if you're looking at what's this conference going to do and does BYU have a chance, you got to look at their, their dates and see what's going on. Because once, once they sign that contract – and there's no movement, then you wind the clock back up and it starts over again. Okay, very interesting commentary from Tom Homo. Let's continue, Jerem, who went, uh, Tom went on to further explain the window of opportunity he sees for BYU moving along that dial. I'd be thinking, how can we get stronger? Not just the P5 schools or the Autonomy 5, I think everybody should be thinking, how do we get stronger? That's what we're thinking. The answer to it is, we haven't sat around for the last couple of years going, let's just wait until something happens. We have some possibilities of veins that we can take, but it depends on which veins have do not pass, <laughs> gate fence up. Clogged or, arteries. Here's a possibility. What's going to happen right now, guys, is there's a window of opportunity that's opening, and it's going to close. So while it's open, we'll make the best of the opportunities that are available to us, and we'll push it. Opportunity knocks. Mm. Jerem, what did we learn from Tom Holmo's Media Day comments that you just heard again? The BYU is considering joining a group of five. And when we talk about group five, it's got to be the American Athletic Conference. Uh, unless BYU is suddenly super interested in the Sun Belt, and that's why it scheduled all those teams last year. No. Uh, that's interesting. It really is. Because I don't feel like the past decade of independence, BYU has really admitted that it is looking at anything less than a power five. Um, obviously, you want to be in a power five. That's where it's at. I uh, frankly think BYU's best playoff opportunities are in independence or group of five, and not in a power five. They get way worse in a Power 5 because now you're hoping to go to a bowl game every year, and then a couple years you win 8 or 9, right? Getting to 10 in a Power 5 league feels like that's a a little ways off in terms of BYU trying to build to that point. But right now, while BYU has autonomy, things are pretty comfortable in terms of, well, we control our own destiny, we can schedule how we want. I think BYU scheduled too hard, I've talked about it. In a group of 5, you could play in the American, you win that league under the new proposed or reported 12-team uh, playoff, six auto uh, champs, you win that league, you're in. Uh, unless Boise State pulls a Boise State again. But it's been a couple of years but since Boise State's But there are six at-larges as well, so a group of five champion other than the auto one could still get in. Yes, if it has one loss. If it has two, it's probably going to get pushed out due to strength schedule. Typically, the American produces a champion that's somewhere close to the top 12. Yes, I'm talking about the at-large. Sure. That like that is going to be harder to come by when Georgia has two losses 
and it's sitting there with that strength schedule and, and prestige. So it's interesting. I I felt like Tom Homo was pretty open about it, and he tends to be pretty open, which is awesome. And it felt like, oh, there's a chance BYU joins the league here in the next couple of years. I'd be shocked, though, if BYU didn't wait it out to see if it got a Power 5 invite because it feels like if yes. BYU wanted to join the American, it probably could. I'm not going to be presumptive that like BYU can do whatever it wants as it pertains to others. That's a sort of an attitude that's come here for a long t- been here for a long time that I think we need to be careful about. It's like, well, does the AAC want BYU? I think they do, and that's why it works. I feel like BYU is a basketball player on a fast-break layup, or we think they're going to shoot a layup, and if they jumped the gun and joined a conference in 2021 or 2022, it's like pulling up for an open three-pointer instead of just taking the Why basketball. Why are you dogging on my game? All the way to the bucket and shooting the easier shot for well, a layup. Well, what's the score? <laughs> is it 9-5? I'm going to shoot a three. <laughs> my point is it's just too early right now yeah. with everything coming to a point. Everything is swirling all at the same time. Those TV rights come up. We've, we've been pointing well, it, to 2023 and 2024. It will. It's not right? now. Yeah. 2023, yeah. 2024. Then there's the name image likeness, the ruling from the Supreme Court today on how players are going to get paid. Does that strengthen BYU's position because they're trying to stay ahead of this? Like, will a power five? If anything, conference... it'll hurt it. I okay. Think. Like okay. a power five will be like, we can pay you more. All right. Unless the NCAA says you all get paid the same, which feels weird given the different. Budgets. Which would even the playing field. Doubt to it a, to a degree. Doubt it. That would happen. Okay. Why would Alabama be like, we're not playing the same as San Jose State? I'm not saying they will unless the Supreme Court and government rules that somebody has to cap it, right? Well, that's the issue is at play. Like, like in any business, you know, uh, they can pay you more than that business. So it could get worse. It could get worse. Everything is in flux. And then there's the college football playoff, which we think might go into effect in 2023, if not 2026. Does that happen in 2020? Everything seems to be happening like at the same proposed future date. So BYU just needs to wait until the dust settles. Just like they did when they went independent. and they didn't had, jump the Big East. They didn't go to the Big East when that conference was going to fall but apart. Bo- but Boise State did. <laughs> right? <laughs> and it paid like, for it. Let's just wait and see yeah. what happens. Yeah. And are we surprised that BYU is going to wait and see what happens? No. Tom said we don't we don't sit and wait around for no, this. But what he means is no 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 we're we're not we're not not assessing things. We are looking at everything. So another another thing that was brought up we brought up was Notre Dame. It's a question we got to ask every year. Like what's the latest? But hey, we we got a little something here. Hey, let me tell you, there's been some really good discussions with Notre Dame. Years past, it has been crickets. On the set. <laughs> but I would say that there are good discussions. I think we're getting close to being able to put together a game that would benefit both of our schools. Okay, we're I getting think close. we're getting close. To that a, means they're talking. To a game that would benefit both programs. So they're figuring some things out. We're close. It feels like BYU-Notre Dame is going to happen. I really want that to play in Provo, but I'm guessing Notre Dame goes neutral. Maybe that's I'm, I'm guessing, maybe yeah. that is I, like a they owe BYU a game. In fact, they owe BYU two games or is it one? One. Okay. BYU played two there. There was a four great game agreement in South Bend with two returning to Provo, but then it got cut in half. Yeah. BYU had already played two in South Bend. Yeah. So they owe so one. If, yeah. if it's not home and it's road, but it's west, obviously Vegas would be amazing. Yeah. LA, then that, Vegas. L- yes, one of those. Great. Portland, Oregon. That's not happening. Uh, that would be fun. I just want to play Notre Dame again. I think that's a really fun game. 
But you want it as one of three Power Five opponents. In I the want schedule. it as nine Power Fives. <laughs> if you're always going to join a Power Five and compete, it's got to schedule up. Okay, so just looking ahead, when I heard that commentary, I was like, hmm, well, when would BYU play Notre Dame? The Cougars have some openings in 2024. They've got 10 games scheduled there, only two Power Fives in 24. 10 games overall right. already scheduled. So maybe Notre Dame becomes the third Power Five in 24. And the Irish have an opening in 24 as well. Yeah, there you go. So I don't know if that's going to be it. It's probably going to be in 2040. <laughs> we know everyone's open then. Will football exist? Just make the game happen. Will the earth be decimated? We think the game's by, actually going to happen, the which, second is, coming which is ha- exciting. What happens first, Notre Dame game or second coming? We'll discuss coming up. Our question of the day. What was your biggest takeaway from BYU football media day? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. At Matt I. Cosmo in on Twitter. The confidence and readiness of not only the BYU football players, but the coaches as well. Everyone seems extremely focused and ready to prove that last year wasn't just a fluke. Can't wait for BYU football. Yeah, I, I get a sense that this is an eight-and-a-half win type team on a tough schedule, which See, means it's a good team. And earlier, so you're moving up because you were like, ah, oh, seven and a half. Now, well, after Bl- Blaine convinced me that you feel eight better. should be the expectation and You've that gone up nine a game. is a possibility. I don't believe that ten is real because um, it's just too hard. Nine but, is a possibility. But that nine is like the high end and then probably six or seven is the low end. Yeah. Let's go. Set that bar at eight and a half. Come on board, Jerem. Come on board. I, I don't like going into seasons thinking eight and a half is good. Coming up, it's relatively good. The new football locker room's open, and it is glorious. And ESPN's Trevor Maddich on if BYU can get into a college football playoff with a difficult schedule and stay independent. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. State of the program, a two-hour BYUSN featuring three quarterbacks together, a new documentary about the BYU football offense and its innovation over time, web chats. If you missed anything on Media Day, you can watch or watch it again. It's on demand on the BYU TV app. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline for a summer edition of Maddich Monday is ESPN College Football Insider and expert BYU National Champion Trevor Maddich, who is road-tripping through the Dakotas right now and taking time for us regardless. Trevor, it's great to have you with us on your vacation. It is great to be here. I mean, Dana and I and my wife have had such a great time looking at sites, some that we expected, some that we never expected, these unanticipated places of stunning beauty. And we don't want to go home, but I think the people staying at our house don't want us to come home either, so we're going to have an (laughs) impasse at some point. Yeah, I can understand that uh, for sure, the vacation, not wanting it to end. Uh, But, I mean, speaking of unexpected things, this morning the Supreme Court ruled on – college sports going forward and essentially called out the NCAA as a corrupt corporation. Uh, Trevor, what do you think this means for college football and college sports as a whole that the Supreme Court was so vehemently against the NCAA? Well, I think it's good. And in some ways, where we are now is an unnecessary place because it is correct that the Supreme Court ruled that the NCAA has been 
an un, unfair or illegal restraint of trade towards college athletes, at least some college athletes. That, that's what they ruled. And so now things are going to change very rapidly. About a half a dozen states have already ruled that and put in, in place their own rules for name, image, and likeness. The Supreme Court now has opened the door for that to happen nationally. They didn't necessarily put in place a program. They just said the NCAA can't do this anymore. And there are more cases that are pending. And so we'll see how far that opens up. But guys, the thing that just makes me think about what's happened getting to this point because a long time ago, there were lawsuits relative to name, image, and likeness to compensating athletes beyond the scholarship. And the NCAA and the college presidents didn't do anything about it. And so as that continued to progress, it moved from the arena of the NCAA into the arena of people that don't necessarily have college football as their best interest. And that is lawyers, judges, legislators. They all have interests beyond college football that they want to balance with what they do with college football. I'm not saying that they have anything against college football, just to say that this all should have been handled years ago by the people whose interest was college football. And now because they didn't do it, it's out of their hands and in the hands of others. And it's interesting because what the Supreme Court's talking about is like straight up compensation as opposed to the additional bonus of name image likeness. There will be certain athletes that really benefit from that, but if you're getting uh, you know, not paid to compete, it's been corrupt for a long time. It's certainly going to change. So do you think in the next five years, college athletes will be paid? I think they'll be paid in some way. Right now, the, the ideas that are being put forward on name, image, and likeness is not to have the schools uh, pay the, the players for name, image, and likeness, but rather to allow them to make as much as they could in the open market on their own name, image, and likeness um, you know, policies, whatever they can get done. And I think what BYU is doing with Built for Life is going to open the door for that because Built for Life isn't just a, a life skills program. It's also a partnership program with offline power partners in business that will allow players to not only maximize their name, image, and likeness opportunities as players for college football, but also to allow them to take that opportunity into the future. I mean, there are several schools that are doing a very good job of laying the foundation because right now we just don't know what the details will be. But BYU is at the highest level with the elite programs in the country at putting together that foundation that then will be able to maximize the details as they become known. So when you talk about players being paid, I don't know what it's going to look like. I'm pretty sure it won't be that the schools will say, hey, come here, we'll pay you this much. But it will be Come here, and these are your opportunities for you personally to maximize your own opportunities outside of football and name, image, and likeness. And right now, the foundation that's being laid by BYU and Built for Life is at the elite level in college football. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation. It is a Maddich Monday in mid-June. Trevor, let's get to the actual football. We talked about name, image, likeness, the Supreme Court, Built for Life. What was your biggest takeaway as far as the state of the football program goes at BYU on Media Day? There is so much confidence there, Spencer, so much confidence at Media Day. And I think a lot of it had to do with the depth they've been able to build over the last several years. Really, Kalani Sataki and his staff have been building a Power Five style program in Provo. And one of those things is pipeline to the NFL. They put 12 guys from last year's teams into NFL camps this summer. Five of them drafted, won the second pick of the draft, quarterback Zach Wilson. Well, how do you then replace those guys? And that's another Power Five concept. In the past, a team like BYU 
would lose that many key players and have a big drop-off for a year or two. But BYU has developed the depth that the guys stepping into those roles have played a lot of football, have started a lot of games, some of them, and they are confident and experienced and ready to take over. And so that concept, I think, showed in the confidence that they had at Media Day, where players know, hey, we're, we lost a lot of talent. We lost a lot of guys, but we're really good. And the guys that are stepping in are good football players that are experienced. And that's the biggest takeaway that I got, the confidence in the guys that are stepping into the roles of the guys that now have gone on to the NFL. We saw a post-spring depth chart. There's a lot of depth there, a lot of excitement, a lot of talent, as you mentioned. Regarding the college football playoff, that was a big conversation on Thursday and will continue to be throughout the summer. What's BYU's best chance of getting into a potential 12-game, 12-team playoff in the future? Is it getting into a Group 5 conference because the Power 5 invite does not, uh, isn't up to BYU? Or is it stay independent and see what happens? Because it kind of depends on what the priorities are for BYU football, right? I don't sense that getting into a playoff is the highest thing I think autonomy is at this point. And Jerem, there's a lot to be said for autonomy. And the way that they're able to schedule so many Power 5 schools, even though BYU is an independent, is not in a Power 5 conference, makes it a Power 5-like situation. That helps recruiting. That helps credibility. If they if they have a record that's good enough in terms of the their access to the college football playoff. Now, where would they be better off, staying independent or joining a, a group of five conference? That's hard to say because right now the proposal is that the top six ranked conference champions will get an automatic berth in a twelve team playoff. Well, there's five power five conferences. That means that the highest ranked group of five conference champion will be in according to this proposal last year the top two highest rated power five or excuse me group of five conference champions would have made it cincinnati and coastal carolina the pac-12 would not have made it last year under that proposal and we don't know exactly what it's going to look like but being in a group of five conference is a viable way to get to the playoff at the same time for byu being able to schedule like they do being independent also gives them access to those at-large berths because if there are six automatic berths, there are also six at-large berths. And you got to figure one or two of those will go to the SEC. Think about Notre Dame. You know, think about you know another team from the Big Ten. BYU is going to have room to get there as an independent, and so there are options. And it's not like there's only one choice, and BYU has to take it or leave it. I think the Cougars bring a lot to the table as a potential member of a conference. They also bring a lot to the table as an independent. And I like the position that they're in because I think it'll be a win-win situation, whichever choice Tom Holmo decides to make. Does BYU then have to cool it on the schedules a little bit to be in a playoff position, which would be zero or one losses more than likely? I don't know that they need to cool it. I think they need to continue to improve. Right now, they're on the cusp of being able to go, you know, 11-1, and 10-2 against a schedule like that. And with six at-large berths available, that should be enough in a lot of years. Then if they catch lightning in a bottle one year or another where everybody stays healthy, they have a veteran team, they have a hot quarterback, then, yeah, they can have one or zero losses. And I think that would be a pathway to get there. I don't know that cooling the schedule is the best way to do it because what they want to do is have edges over other teams that are vying for those at-large spots. And cooling the schedule might be an admission that, you know, maybe the schedule's too much for them. I don't think it is. I think BYU is plenty good enough right now to compete at the highest level against the schedule that they have. And as they continue to have success against that schedule, it draws a higher level of recruit, and it becomes a self-perpetuating flywheel 
where they continue to get better and better and better. And the tough schedule is a part of making that work. Trevor, you mentioned the Pac-12 in last year's scenario of college football would not have received an automatic bid to a 12-team playoff in the proposal that is out there right now. Well, not surprisingly, the Pac-12 apparently now wants Power 5 automatic bids, regardless if they're one of the top five highest-ranked conferences. Do you agree with the idea of Power 5 automatic bids? You know, I wouldn't have a problem with it, and I'll tell you why. One of the things that I did not like about the 14 playoff is the damage it did to the value of conference championship races, where if you've got the Pac-12 or Big 12 in most recent years where potential champions lost a game or two early, they were out of the national conversation about the playoff and the conference championship races there became regional sideshows of regional interest that didn't really matter on the national stage. And that's not fair to college football. It's not fair to those teams. This kind of a scenario where you've got automatic bursts, whether it's five power five or whether it's just top six ranked conference champions, what it does is it keeps those races viable on a national level. So if you have a freshman quarterback or a new coaching staff and you lose two or three games early, then by the end of the season, you're playing like a, like a championship-level team, make your conference championship game with three losses, and then beat an undefeated team who's ranked number two in the conference championship game, you should be in the playoff. Now, you've got three losses. I get it. You're ranked lower. I get it. But that keeps that conference championship race of supreme value. And it keeps every region of the country, fans in every region, interested not only in what's happening in their region on a national basis, but it keeps other fan bases in other regions looking across the country at who they might have to face in a potential playoff. It just increases interest. And the 14 playoff took that away. And I don't like that. So whether or not there it's five power five conferences, regardless of record or the top six highest ranked conference champions. I'd rather have the latter truthfully, but I think that either way it makes conference champions incredibly important. And by the way, for those that say that, you know, conference championship games are diminished because both teams might make the playoff. Let me tell you this, that under the current proposal, the, top four seeded teams get a bye. So if you have in the SEC, for example, Alabama at number two, playing Georgia at number four in the SEC championship game, both the winner and the loser will make the playoff. But only the winner will get the, the bye. The, they'll have to win three games to win a national championship. The loser will have to win four games because they won't get a bye. So conference championships, even in that scenario, are still valuable. Sure, and so then there, that's what I think the most important thing. Yeah, and then there's the added uh, value of teams that are five through eight trying to have home field advantage for that first round. Which so lose a, the SEC title game. Another so level home of game. context. <laughs> All right, Trevor. Let's finish with this: Is Jaron Hall right now? As we shift to the BYU quarterbacks, is he in your mind? the guy followed by Baylor Romney and Jacob Conover, or is there really truly a competition between all three leading up to the season? You know, I haven't seen or heard anything that says that any of those guys has separated yet in talking to the coaching staff and people behind the scenes. What they've told me is that all three guys have elevated their game. Now it's one thing if you've got three guys competing for the starting quarterback position and none of them elevate their game, then you have a, a one kind of problem. But in this case, all three are elevating. And so that's a different kind of a problem. I think Jaron has an edge because of his mobility. But I think the other guys have edges in their style of play as well. So I wouldn't even begin to guess 
which might be the starting quarterback for BYU. All I will tell you is this. All three are talented. All three have the ability to take this team where they want them to go. And because of the competition, whoever wins the, the starting job will have the best brought out of him, the very best. Iron sharpens iron. You want this kind of competition. And we go back to what we talked about earlier, that part of what's elevated the BYU program overall has been competition at every position. That has improved, and we see that right now at quarterback. Trevor Maddich, road tripping, yet taking some time out of his day to hang out with us on BYU Sports Nation. Safe travels to you and Dana, Trevor. Enjoy the Dakotas, my friend. Thank you. The Badlands await. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. I'm sorry. I just straight up disagree with Trevor on what he said about BYU. Yeah, they'll, they'll be in that position. BYU wasn't this year in a year where it had the number two pick, 12 NFL dudes, no power fives, and the Pac-12 was terrible. So why is that going to change? I just, I just completely disagree with that idea. Well, I mean, there is the idea that if BYU didn't play Coastal Carolina on three days' notice, that maybe they would have been one of the 12 teams, right? But they could have felt, been, but BYU they chose felt, that. They felt yeah. compelled to do that because— I, And I'm, I'm, they, I'm not talking—yes, yes. So this, this year, which is exceptional, it still didn't happen. So what about in a normal year where BYU plays too many power fives? BYU's not going to be a, a zero, one or 2 loss team in the near future unless it changes the schedule. You can't tell me just be better. You, the thing you can control is the schedule. Will BYU be significantly better in the future? Can BYU be better than it was last year? I don't know. Last can, year was can, pretty good. Can they be? Yes. Will they be? That's a different Probably conversation. Probably not because there's too many power fives. That's my issues. I want a season like last year again. That was fun. Just wait till 2022. 2022, I'm always told to wait. Why isn't it right in front of well, us? Well, because you why, get more of the schedule you want in 22 why, and 23. Why can't it be uh, the present? I'm always told about the future. I want the present. Like, yes. So I, I just disagree on Trevor with that because I want BYU to be in the playoff. I don't want BYU just I'm, – I'm always told, well, BYU will just meet that. It hasn't in a decade except when a pandemic showed up. Well, here's the other thing to consider. The playoff might not start until 2026. So <laughs> we yeah. have to wait five well, years anyway. Well, by then, BYU is probably in the American – you know? Who knows? Okay, coming up, what sticks out from the post-spring depth chart? I've got it right here. And Jimmer Fredette, open for business? He needs a team. What does this mean? Next on BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. In case you missed it, BYU football, a history of offensive innovation, is on demand on the BYU TV app. Great stuff from producer Travis Cameron recapping the place BYU has in offense in college football history. Fantastic. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it! Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. BYU football unveiled the new locker room. This is in the student-athlete building, the practice locker room, not the stadium locker room. In a video today. You like? Uh, yes. It is fire. Look how clean everything is. The shoe displays are my favorite. I want the shoe display in my own house. Gotta be the shoes. Talk to Billy. Everything is so new, fresh, updated. It's long overdue, Jaron, but oh man, the weight. It was worth it. Look at that. Just look at the detail involved there. The slow open cabinets. Everything. I mean, it's just beautiful. 
It's beautiful. We've waited 18 years since uh, the, the original construction here. This is fantastic. Dr. Nixon has clocked in and is going to work. This is amazing. Congratulations to these student-athletes who have built for life. They have the renovated locker rooms. They have just all this stuff, man. They have all this stuff. Like, barber shop. There's a fan in there. Cup holders. Look at the big jumbotron. This is, this <laughs> the is awesome, man. Board. Yeah, we're, we're going to be... Uh, just heads up, we're going to be going in there. I know we don't have access, technically, but uh, we're going to be going in there coming up soon. <laughs> I just got a text message from a friend that said, when I toured the Utah facilities... I didn't feel the spirit, but I was kind of jealous. Now, no longer. <laughs> what spirit? Who, whose spirit? <laughs> oh, good stuff. Okay, moving on, Jerem. Jimmer Fredette tweeted out, I guess I'm open for business because apparently the Chinese Basketball Association is going national players only. Jimmer is jobless. What does this mean? Wrong answers only. Uh, Qualtrics? Uh, Phoenix Suns playoff roster? <laughs> Uh, Provo fourth award. Oh, I'm hoping. Wait, it, wrong answers. Yeah, only. wrong wrong answers only. Yeah, that's what you said, right? Oh yeah, uh, starter for the Orlando Magic, <laughs> who were 21 and 51 last year. Yeah, that's the wrong answer. <laughs> Serious answer. Maybe Euro he's back, League. He's back in Europe. Back in Spain with Brandon Davies, two former Cougars teaming up. I think Jimmer's like BYU. I think he likes autonomy. I think he likes to be able to shoot a lot. Where else, so could Jimmer that play? Fit. Where else could Jimmer play and do that? If that's the case. Uh, on a, a, like an Italian good team? team? On a, good player on a bad team. Orlando Magic, Jerem. Detroit Pistons. Hope, yeah, we talked to Jimmer on Wednesday at, or Tuesday at the uh, Corporate Sponsorship Team Golf Tournament. Great, great to catch up. He's yes. doing really well. Yep. Uh, yeah, hopefully he gets something that really works out for the him. Houston Rockets what? were 17-55 and 55 last year. Do they really have anything else going on? Jim Fredette ain't passing up a layup last night in the 76 games. So, yeah. <laughs> college football. Fox College Football. tweeted a question asking, which rookie NFL quarterback are you going to try out first in Madden 22? Kyrus Tonga tweeted the following. Justin Fields. <laughs> hashtag QB1. Sorry, Capono. LOL. Can you forgive Kyrus for going turncoat on his college teammate? Yes. It's his new teammate. He needs to answer with the quarterback of the future Did for he need to the answer Chicago Bears. At all? Or he didn't Did need he? to answer. Okay, maybe he doesn't <laughs> need to answer at all. But if he is going to answer, it needs to be Justin Fields. This is the right answer by Kyrus. I go to a new channel and I and I tweet about like my new co-host on a show suddenly. That would be weird, right? I think it's weird. Well, he Kyrus. said, sorry, Capono, LOL. Like, the joke was yeah, there. Yeah, he tried to soften the blow. Yes. I just wish he would have said, the Justin Fields. That's all I think he should have added. Who's your new favorite co-host, Jerem Jordan? The well, Spencer it's, Linton. It's Jason Shepard. The Jason LOL. Sorry, Spencer. Sorry. Cr- laughing in my ear. Apparently, that's what it looks like. Did you see this, Jerem? This is reportedly a fake Andy okay, Reid. I can't believe this is not Andy Reid. At the Kansas City Royals like, game. Okay, well, actually, his hair his hair is a different color. <laughs> now, I see, now I see it. Now that we're looking at it, I see it. So you're buying this is I not Andy Reid. I thought this was Reed. Andy Reid all weekend. Then this morning, one of our, you know, our, our students, Taylor, was like, hey, that was a, an imposter. I was the like, Tommy what? Bahama shirt in Kansas City Royals light blue with the Kansas City Chiefs logo on it. It looks just like him. <laughs> like, how many free meals is that guy getting around town? Specifically cheeseburgers. Yeah, hey, I was going to say, it's got to be a hamburger or a cheeseburger, right? That's amazing. <laughs> wow. Okay, coming up. 
Rise and shout out to the end of the BYU hockey era. And who is missing from the BYU football post-spring depth chart? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This week on BYU Radio's newest episode of Deep Blue, I talked with Craig Cusick about the day that changed his life when he found out his dad had cancer and he hit a buzzer beater to beat Utah State. Listen to it on the BYU Radio app and where podcasts are found. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. BYU Football released a post-spring depth chart that has like 179 names on it. I didn't know there were this many players on the roster. But, Jerem, it is missing a few notable names that you might think should be on there, like the Nakua brothers, who are not on the depth chart yet. Yeah, it's post-spring, so they're, they're not going to throw them in there. Should we be worried? No, because they were at BYU Football Media Day doing interviews. Yeah, they were great, by the way. Um, there are 18 um, positions listed for defense. I, don't, I, I think BYU knows they're only 11. Yeah. But um, there are different packages that they list. It's all about the Frodo, Jerem. Frodo. The Frodo starter is Ben Bywater. Will he have his finger degloved during the season? We will find out. Hopefully not. Uh, <laughs> Cinco, Nickel, Di- Joker. Who's the Joker on the team? It's Jared Capisi. We can quantify that. Yeah, there's actually some truth okay. to that. Okay, real answers. Real answers. Uh, we've been wondering who the other safety with Chaz Ayu will be. We have an answer out of spring right now. Malik Moore. It's Malik Moore. Who got some run last year. They didn't think he was going to play at all, but he uh, came back and played. So Malik Moore is your guy. Uh, check out his uh, deep blue, shameless plug. Hayden Livingston is the backup to him, by the way. And George Udo. George, George Udo is listed as the starting nickel. Okay. But he's come back from injury. That's the thing. Hopefully is he going to be right? Ah. Micah Harper, we kind of learned on media day, he probably won't play much this which year hurts. at all. Which hurts. Ah, he was really bummer. good last year. I love Micah Harper. Okay, corners loaded. D'Angelo Mandel, Shimon Willis at one side, Keenan Ellis, Isaiah Heron on the other. So many guys played so many games I, at those positions. I feel like those guys have been here for seven years. Yes. I mean, they all played against Wisconsin in 2018, right? Okay, here, here's the other thing that's really fun. Well, there's a million things to discuss. We have a couple more. At quarterback, it feels like Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney have been here a minute, right? Because of COVID, last year was a free year. Everyone just kept their eligibility uh, year. Status quo. Sophomores. We're, you ready for a, a QB battle for this year? No, no, no. For three years. <laughs> Assuming they all stay. Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney are going to be in their sophomore season. Jacob Conover is a freshman, and those two are sophomores. So that's really <laughs> interesting. Tyler Algier is a sophomore. We have three more years with Tyler Algier. What? That's great, right? Lopini Katoa, two more years. Okay. Gunnar Romney is a junior. Wow. Two more years with Gunner. Okay. And then Puka Nakua. You ready for this? Yes. You ready for this? If Trevor, excuse me, um, Samson Nakua doesn't start, okay? He's, okay. A, he's a senior. Okay. If he doesn't start, you have zero senior starters on offense. It's all about the 2022 schedule and team, Jim. Don't tell Build, me about the Building future. the 22. I want the present. Stop. The future's always positive, according to Jason, of course. But the future doesn't actually happen. Uh, the present happens, Okay. That's exciting. BYU's offensive line loaded with talent of sophomores and juniors. Uh, right guard Connor Payliston is the starter, by the way. Okay. That's Goal. interesting. The Post entire, the entire offensive line. So you got Connor. You ready? P- yes. Blake Freeland, left tackle. Solid, experienced. Left guard. Sir Clark Barrington, okay. yes. 
His ba- brother Campbell. It's even even better name. Sir Campbell Barrington. Love the Barrington brothers. Yes. Center James Empey. No surprise. Got to go by Jim at some point. Right guard Connor Pay. I mentioned mm-hmm. Campbell Barrington is back. Uh, right tackle Harris Lachance. Jerem, all do of those you, names. Do you like tackles who are 6'8", 300 plus? I do. Okay, so tell me. You you lose Brady Christensen. You lose Chandon Herring and Tristan Hodge. Yet you read those names and I'm like, BYU should be really, really strong up front again. I feel great. Blocking for Tyler Algier. Yes. Uh, right tackle backup, by the way, Braden Kime, 6'8", 291. And he's a monster. He's going to be really he's good. He's a monster. He's going to be really good. Okay, defensively. Let's let's just go through the 18 positions. How much time do we have? We don't have time. <laughs> Lorenzo Fautea, back from injury. Richard Jr. Uh, Tyler Batty, defensive end. Freshman. Remember, he had three sacks in the game. was like, who's this cat? He's healthy, Got Jim. hurt. He's back. I talked to him last week. He is healthy yeah. and looks the part, my friend. Nice. Woo. I, I love that. Um, Atunai Samahe is going to fill in at nose tackle for Kairos Tonga. Backers are loaded. Right? You got... Uh, Peyton Wilgar and Keenan Peely and Max Truly. Those are your big three. Yep. Those are your big three. So, I again, it's post-spring. It doesn't have everybody coming back that might have been hurt or is coming in, uh, but it's super exciting. So, like, Dallin Holker is not listed at tight end because he wasn't here for spring ball. But Jamal Willis tweeted out a video of him, Jerem. Why isn't he listed? <laughs> I love that name. It kind of <laughs> reminds me of the dog in Up. <laughs> Kevin is a girl? <laughs> Coming up, who gets the elite voice of the day? And a rising shout-out that features an Olympian for Team USA. Mm -hmm. Not anybody else. Not not, uh, the homies up north. Mm -hmm. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the podcast, just Google or uh, Bing, uh, BYU Sports Nation podcast, <laughs> subscribe, rate, and review. Lycos. That's is that cool. another one? <laughs> yeah. What is that? Isn't that the dog that would go search for things? Lycos. I have no idea. <laughs> what is that? I've never heard one of One of the billions of search engines came out. Is it still a thing? Jerem's Googling it right now. <laughs> I'm not seeing it. Like and then OS? L-Y-C-O-S. L-Y-C-O-S? Yes. Lycos dog. <laughs> what happened to Lycos? <laughs> Lycos sold again in 2010 for 35 mil. There you nice. go. Hey, they did something right. We need to start a search engine. Jeez. Our question of the day. What was your biggest takeaway from BYU Football Media Day? Other than Jeremy Smith, we need to start a search engine. Graydon Bascom on Facebook answers, Excitement. Trying to keep my feet on the ground and not on the hype train. No. It'll be a tough schedule. Jump on the hype train. It's preseason. It's what we do. It's what we do. Brandon Bourget on Twitter. Based on Aaron Roderick's comments, the offense coordinator, I don't think we're going to know the starting quarterback until kickoff in Las Vegas. BYU, like many teams, uh, wants to be coy Detmer about it. So yeah. The team will know. But the public might not know until will Vegas. Will someone accidentally leak it? Yeah. Is the question. There will be rumblings, and we will probably know. And uh, if you if you retweet me enough, I will say it on the. No, I'm just kidding. At TX <laughs> Colonel on pool. Twitter. Hey, we haven't heard from the Texas Colonel in a little bit. Hey, what's up? Baylor and Gunner root for each other, but have a big time sibling rivalry. Is what he learned during media day. Yeah, they're interesting. Watch their deep blue again. Shameless plug because. They have a fun relationship. 
Yeah, you, you kind of see it in action. Okay, our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Ben Peterson on Twitter. The team looks confident and ready for a tough season. I was surprised to hear Elisa Tuiaki be so excited for the secondary and pass defense. I thought that was an area that would need a lot of work. Hashtag BYUSN. Well, the, just the question was uh, Chaz on the back end for the first time in, in a full-time spot, right? Is but he has a ton of talent, and then the other spot is like okay, Malik Moore. Like, it's not La Tech, right? It's going to be yeah. tougher. So it's exciting. And then those corners, he's too deep, comfortably at corner. It's very exciting in that position. Today's rise and shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Jerem, uh, you're wearing the appropriate clothing for our first one. Yeah, BYU hockey. Uh, BYU is not renewing the extramural relationship with BYU hockey, so that's that's a bummer. They played as the Ice Cats before, but now the league, uh, the Cougars play in the ACHA. They don't allow that, so I don't know if this is the end of BYU hockey after this season, 22. Well, shout out to uh, Jordan Mattias. Yeah. Jordan Gray. Olympian. Rugby at BYU. She made the Olympic Rugby Sevens roster as a prop. She's fantastic. Can I give a rise and shout out to my mom, Christine, who just followed me on Twitter? Not sure what took so what, long. What's the opposite of a rise and shout? <laughs> not uh, hey. jumping in sooner? She followed me on Twitter. Did she just get Twitter? No, she's had for a little bit. <laughs> but she did follow me. And it's her birthday today, Jim. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday to Christine. Oh, Christine, you're a saint. <laughs> yes, you're she great. is. Especially following me on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure about that? Do you want to see the goods first and then decide? <laughs> One time Sean Farnham said, I just followed you on Twitter. You better bring the goods. And I said, you're not going to like what I tweet about. I promise. It's not just BYU basketball. It's not college basketball. You're not going to want to know about the women's soccer ranking and men's volleyball and Utah Warriors rugby. I promise. Reach their own. Our thanks to today's guest, ESPN's Trevor Maddich, who joined us from the Dakotas. That was fun. Shout out to Vice Hammond. Emma. That's where he went on his mission. Sergeant Dennis Pitter ran out of time. Woo, that locker room's looking good. Oh, it's so fire. That's how the kids say it, right? It's fire. I know. I'm not, I'm not comfortable saying that quite yet. <laughs> For Jeremiah Spencer, like shout out fire? to Dennis Simmons. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs. It's fire. Oklahoma.